from State Street and the First Midwest Bank Studio. This is WMVP Chicago. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Blackhawks fans, you finally have your own weekly show. This is the maiden voyage of the hockey show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Brian, it took a while to get uh, home games on TV. Took even <laughs> took even longer to, for the Blackhawks to get their own radio show, but they finally have it. Yeah, and, you know, it took a while to get uh, highlights on the uh, Jumbotron in color at the United Center, but they finally did because they had a few championships to celebrate. Good to see you, Pat. How are you doing? Very good. Good to see you as well, Brian. And uh, it's good to see the Hawks in the playoff discussion. Oh boy, um, yeah. They're in the th- this next two weeks is going to be very telling. Uh, you have the trade deadline on February twenty fourth. You've got a, a very important road trip starting tomorrow. A couple back to backs on that road trip. Every team is in the equation here and in front of you. So it's uh, it's really make or break time. And uh, for the front office, they're going to be watching uh, exactly what's going on the ice to try to determine, I would think, a direction on which way they're going to go, if they're going to be active, buyers, sellers, or standing pat at the trade deadline. And speaking of that front office, the president and CEO, John McDonald, will join us at 935 on the, the Hockey Show on ESPN. We're coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios. You can follow the show on Twitter at ESPN Hockey Show. You can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BoyleNBCS. But you can also reach us at 312-332-3776. That's 312-332-3776. So they're two points back of that second wildcard spot. But they were in the nine spot a couple days ago. And now they are in the 12 spot. That is kind of... Brian, it's not a, a night-to-night thing. It's an hour-to-hour thing with this many teams in the equation. And as you mentioned, they kick off this five-game Western Canadian road trip tomorrow night uh, in Winnipeg. They'll practice this morning at Fifth Third Arena, and then they'll make their way uh, to Canada. And every one of these teams is in front of them in the standings. So this is where... Now, this team has had a ton of success on the road this year. Since early November, the Blackhawks are tied for the most points on the road. For whatever reason, they play a more simplistic style. Uh, they're not maybe trying to impress the 22,000 faithful at the UC, and uh, they get the job done on the road. Now, the other night, you know, they lose to Boston. Controversial, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, but for whatever reason, at home, they've just been average to below average. Yeah, and we saw it again the other night. Uh, you know, Thankfully, they get a point. But they come out and Boston's dominating. And but for Robin Leonard, you know they they could have been down three goals. Uh, they were lucky it was scoreless after a period, and he was standing on his head. And um, you know your margin of error is razor thin right now. Whether it's health, whether it's an official's call, uh, whether it's you know it, it's not uh, the power play not converting. They did the other night, but only four shots generated on that power play, and that's been a bugaboo for them throughout the season. And fifteen percent's not getting it done, but. Do you see it getting any better from here on out? I mean, it's pretty late in the season. It has to if you're really going to make any. If you're going to get to the playoffs and actually make noise in the playoffs, that's that's a you know probably. And I know Jeremy Carlton said you know we're working on it every day, 
It's like the old Slapshot movie. Hey, Reg, what about the power play sitting in the bar? Yeah, 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 we're working on it. Um, but, but here we are in February. I don't know how much, you know, uh, are you going to you know, get a different quarterback at there at the point? What, what's going to happen there? Well, you may see that because Adam Boquist uh, digged up his right shoulder, yeah. same shoulder he injured against the Devils a few weeks back. I uh, talked to Jeremy Colleton last night. The Blackhawks Foundation had their Winterfest. He said... There's a chance he may not play tomorrow night in Winnipeg, but it's not a long-term situation. To me, Eric Gustafson, who quarterbacked that power play last year when he took it from December to the end of the season and it was a top-10 power play, Eric Gustafson is fantastic as a quarterback. He's a lefty shot, and we all know that the puck is going to spend most of the time on the right side uh, on, on Patrick Kane's stick. It's easier for Gustafson to walk the line and make that pass on his forehand than it is for Boquist to go against the grain. Yeah. To go against the grain. I, I mean, it, it's it's a second or two. It's maybe not exactly in Kane's wheelhouse. Yeah. Little things like that. Now, DeBrinket has had uh, a step back this year in production. Scored the other night, but uh, you know his power play numbers are not where all their numbers right. are. Not. If I said to you at the beginning of the season, the power play that was top ten last year for a bulk of the season. Uh, and the power play that was epically bad, 31st in the league, that I was going to tell you, uh, we're, in special teams, they're going to, in, in, uh, February, you're going to have a seventh ranked special teams unit and a 27th. You would have said. Yeah, it wasn't going to be the PK that it was right, doing just fine. Things, right. Yeah. So, so the PK flipped it and the power play completely went the other way. So it's something to look at. I think, I know short term, the, the better answer to me would be Eric Gustafson on that point, but I get the big picture macro look of putting Adam Boquist, the future, as yeah, your quarterback get, get on that pop, top power play unit. And, and that's the thing, Pat. When you look at this, you know they're they're really multitasking here. And we know that in the past couple of seasons, you know, we were told the end of the season, not good enough, not acceptable, not making the playoffs, having those early exits in the playoffs you made before not making the playoffs. And you are, I mean, look how young this team is, and you're trying to develop. And you're, you know, so your you're big picture, are you more concerned about where you're going to be playing in June or April or May or where you're going to be next January? I mean, that, and that's what Stan Bowman and his scouts and his staff are all going to have to figure out. We'll talk to John McDonough about it. I mean, do they put a premium on just getting into the playoffs because the fans are hungry for postseason hockey and, and see where it goes? You've, you've got two goaltenders right now who can keep you in the conversation for a couple of rounds minimum if, uh, if other things go right as well. And you also have two goaltenders who are go- both going to be unrestricted free agents. Yeah, yeah. And who, like you said, could take a team put them on their back, and take them deep into the playoffs, that's a valuable trade chip as well. So if you're not going to sign one of them, this was a unique situation to be able to have Leonard at $5 million and Corey Crawford at $6 million and spend $11 million on your goaltender. It looks like, you know, Robin Leonard is going to be probably their long-term answer. Right. They've begun discussions, dialogue uh, with his camp. We heard Robin say a couple weeks ago, I'm not going to take no a discount. discount. Yeah. Okay, no. so... So, Brian, he's going to make somewhere in the neighborhood of eight and a half to nine and a half million dollars. So they're not going to be able to, unless for some reason Corey said, look, I'll, I'll stay for two, which I don't think, nor should he uh, probably take something like that. I don't think they're going to be able to invest 11 to 12 no, million dollars. No, not when you have other cap position. issues as well. Yeah. 
uh, you know, when you start looking at this thing, and, and, and we were talking about this, Crow bought a pretty pricey piece of real estate. So, you know, when he's coming out of contract, I think most Hawks fans, and they can let us know if they think otherwise, that that he would be on the move. He'd be in, you know, between the pipes for some other team next year. Um, you know, I when he bought that, that big uh, palatial estate here in the city, I thought, okay, does he plan on taking the whatever they can afford him and, and, and sticking around? Because, you know, quality of life, uh, the organization, everything that he's enjoyed here means more important. Uh, it's more important to him now than than moving on and making every last dollar. Time's going to tell, but you're right. You can't have $11, $12 million invested in your goaltending. Let's go to the phone lines, 312-332-3776. Larry's up first from the south side. Welcome to the hockey show, Larry. Hey, great to be on the show. And, and Brian, good to have you back on radio again, man. Thanks. I appreciate it, Larry. Yeah, I met you uh, a few years back when they had the open forum at uh, United Center with Alpo Sinonen. Oh. Uh, Brian, I met you there. <laughs> yeah, then it goes back a few years. The food was good anyway. I don't know if the coaching wasn't at that time. but they free, had, too. Yeah. yeah, free food. It was good, yeah. But my, my question is, the Hawks obviously are going to save some money with the cap space with DeHaan and Seabrook. And I, I think the Hawks' most pressing need right now, obviously, is a veteran defenseman. And they also, I think, could use another third-line score. So do you think any of those moves are, are possible? And, and what about Andrew Shaw? When do you think he might be coming back, Brian? Yeah, that's a great question, Thanks Larry. For Thanks Larry. for the call. I mean, with, with concussion, Pat, you know, you, you, what you know is you don't know. You don't know. Obviously, it's pretty serious considering how long he's been out. Um, you know, February 24th, again, a couple of weeks out here. You have you have the salary cap room. Was it seventeen million now because of the injuries? Yeah, like, or a little over thirteen million, depending on on how you look at yeah, it. Yeah, how you look at it. and you know, are you going to go ahead and add here, or are you going to be fielding phone calls and saying, you know what, they just wowed us with an offer, and we're going to have to let one of our young guys go, in, in I, with the idea of you know the bigger picture here. We're gonna we're gonna get assets, and we're gonna you know sort it out in the summer. Um, I don't think they know the answer right now because of the fact that they're they're a couple points out and there's three or four teams in front of them and they still have to leapfrog to get fir- firmly in the playoff conversation. So I mean, this road trip is going to be telling, as we said, and uh, February February 24th is not that far off. So if I'm, you know, I, I think the fans are are desperately hungry for playoff hockey, and I think Rocky Wirtz is desperately hungry. I agree with that. For, for playoff hockey, so. If if the owner and the chairman says let's go for it, they're going to go for it. But uh, the front office may say, well, you know, are we good enough to win a Stanley Cup? I mean, ultimately, are we chasing fool's gold here, right? I mean, are we are we going to be just good enough to maybe win a series or not even win a series? But we got there. Is that going to be good enough when we passed on uh, at trade deadline? We passed on a pretty good deal that would help us in the future get to the playoffs year in year out. Look, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. The, the fan base is craving postseason hockey, and as you mentioned, so does the organization. So, to me, this was a crossroads type of season. It was uh, all hands on deck to try to make the playoffs. Now here they are; they're in the mix. But how much in the mix are they? Right. I think it's very fluid right now. I I, I tend to believe they're going to do less at the trade deadline than more. I don't think they're going to be buyers. The only thing I could see them doing with this added cap space that they have, if a team that is in the thick of the playoff picture has a four, five, six million dollar player who's expiring and they want to make a move, but they can't because they're up against the cap, I could see them dealing that player to the Hawks 
and with a, say, second-round pick. Hawks pay up that player, the player, whether he even plays with the Hawks or he's released or what have you. They take that money, and they're, the really, they're yeah. just trying to get that, that second-round pick that they don't have for the upcoming draft. And from there, um, we'll see. But we'll get into that discussion again. Two weeks from Monday is the trade deadline. On the other side, we also want to discuss the controversy between the Blackhawks and the Boston Bruins on Wednesday night. Uh, did Drake Kajula actually score a go-ahead goal with a minute five to go? We'll get Brian's thoughts on that. Your thoughts as well. 312-332-3776. The maiden voyage of the hockey show on ESPN 1000. This is ESPN 1000, the hockey show. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. on through while falling. Still up for grabs. Boots going to go in. He shoved down Mata, and here's a shot. And it is waved off. The penalty happens right there. That's the penalty. Hand pass to the stick. Is that why the whistle went? They thought it was a hand pass? We didn't hear that. That wasn't the explanation. But it looked like it went from the hand to the stick. Watch Mata. He gets knocked down. Hand. Boy, that yeah. replay you couldn't tell. So I think that's why the whistle happened because of the hand pass. Max played it with his hand and then poked it with his stick. And then I came in and took it and probably scored one of my best goals that will never count. And uh, no, it is what it is. It's it's over now. And um, we just got to move on. It would have been a big point for us. But a little bit of adversity doesn't hurt anybody. You just got to see how strong you come back from. Hawks fans thought they were robbed on Wednesday night against the Boston Bruins, thanks to Doc and Edzo and NBCSN for the call there. Shades of Jalmerson back in 2013 against the Detroit Red Wings when the Hawks had to beat the hated Wings twice in Game 7. Yeah, and that's now an advanced stat, goals that uh, the best goals I've never scored. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'll use it as a metric in the front office when you're signing guys. So... You know, it looks like he has the potential game-winning goal with, with a minute five to go, but it's whistled down because of the Olimata hand pass. Now, the refs didn't explain the call well on Wednesday night. Then they told Taves and Colleton that they made a mistake on the ice and they got the call wrong. Then the league put out a statement on Thursday and clarified it. And, and here's what they had to say. Having reviewed the play, our officiating department is certain that the on-ice officials got the call right. Mata redirected the puck with his glove, giving his team an advantage in a zone other than the defensive zone, which is how a hand pass is defined in the rule book. While it is difficult to determine whether the puck hit his stick before it went to a teammate, that is not relevant here. Possession and control by the same player who made the hand pass is required to nullify the hand pass, not just a deflection off the player's stick. So the whistle could have been blown earlier, and a better announcement made, but neither change whether the call was correct. So they're standing by the call. Yeah, and that's I mean that's the crazy part. You have uh, both Jeremy and and Taves saying the the officials admitted to us we screwed up. You saw them having the powwow on the ice. You're right; they didn't explain it clearly or at all. And and then for the lead to come on and say, yeah, no control, therefore hand pass, therefore it was handled correctly, even though the officials were second guessing themselves. 
And in the big picture, we don't know how important that point's going to be, right? Good point, yes. And, and once again, we go back. They did have, uh, what, power play for 55 seconds. And if you if you convert on that, this is all moot at this point, right? But we'll move on here. But uh, And I know that uh, Drake Kajula said that they have to move on and, and put in their rear, rear view mirror. But you don't know because of the position you're in, sitting here in the 12th spot right now and a couple points out of the playoff picture, how important that is. But that's, again, the margin of error, razor thin at this point. And, you know, you you would hope for better clarity, but as Edzo pointed out on the on the highlight we played, you really couldn't see, you certainly didn't see control. I mean, it, it, exactly. And, and I that's know, the key there. And you guys on, in the post game, I know that you and Steve and, and Adam were, you know, scrambling for the rule book trying to get clarity to so so you could come on and, and you know let the fans know exactly what happened. But when the officials didn't exactly know what happened, and then the league said, well, when it's all said and done, the, the call was made correctly, even though the officials were second-guessing themselves, I guess that's the final word. Yeah, and then once, you see, once the whistle is blown and you see players stop, right. uh, that's another part of this equation. But the whole thing was about possession and control, and as you said, it doesn't even matter if it glanced off his stick. That was not, it, that's not considered possession or control. Right, that's correct. So, so we'll see how it affects, like you said. I mean, look. I'll tell you what affects them right now. They'd be ninth or tenth in the West, and yep. not twelfth, if they had got the two points the other night. And last night, I'm you know one eye open watching Minnesota uh, come back and win that game for their third consecutive victory, and so they're sitting in the eleventh spot. So even when you're not playing, you're watching the scoreboard, you're watching the standings because you've got a handful of teams here where every night every point matters to them right now. So the question to you out there right now is: This Blackhawks team, as they're currently constructed are they a playoff team in your mind and what should they do at this nhl trade deadline that is two weeks away uh two weeks from monday 312-332-3776 you can also reach us at espn hockey show uh, you can listen to the show and the hockey show podcast on the brand new espn chicago app it's available in the apple and google play store so what we saw this week against minnesota on tuesday and again on against the Bruins on Wednesday night was spectacular goaltending yep. that kept them in. We saw two-thirds of the game dominated by the opposition, but the Hawks hung in there, found a way to snag a point, probably did not deserve to win either of those games if you just look at a bulk of the play. That's That was something that we saw in the middle part of this season when they kind of made a run and got back into it. But they had kind of cleaned some things up and not had been giving up so many high-quality chances. This week they have been. That is something they need to lock down. You can't go in every game assuming that Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford are going to face 18 high-danger chances from the slot area. That's just a recipe for disaster. And, you know, it's interesting because when you when you look at this, and Jeremy Carlton was asked after the Minnesota game, was that a good point? Well, I'll let you know after I see what we do against the Bruins. And then they come out for the first 30 minutes and uh, not so much, right? I mean, it, 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 I'm sure he was disappointed on the lack of sense of urgency that they have. And every night you have to bring it. And as you said, you get credit for, I guess, scrambling and hanging in there and having your goaltender uh, let you hang around and, and get a point. But um, when you... 
you know, you ask the fans, are, is this team a playoff team? How much is a premium would you put on as a, as a Hawks fan? Are you looking at this with a more realistic eye or just with the, with the, you know, the fandom? I, I want to go to playoff games. Are you looking at this and saying they're not good enough or maybe you don't know? Do you know if they're good enough or not good enough to, to make a, a serious run in the postseason? And I know when you have all those fans behind you doing pre and post at the United Center, <laughs> Is there one question where they come up and ask you, you know, one question more than others? You know, what about this team? What about the power of play? What about this player? The most uh, often asked question is, where's Patrick Sharp? Yeah, where's Sharpie? And my, my and, mom wants to meet him. Yeah, and that, can, that's, I, can I say hello to my mom as ex- long as I'm ex- on TV here? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I, th- I think everybody that has been coming down to 1901 West Madison for this better part now of a decade and been selling that place out... It, it, the way in the, the 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 height of their success, I felt like it was a, a Broadway show where you come to the United Center, you see this guy uh, in a tuxedo, Jim Cornelison, sing the anthem. Sure. Uh, the place goes into a frenzy. Uh, this team scores goals. Good-looking guys, future Hall of Famers on the ice. They play Chelsea Dagger. You walk out. It's a win. You're happy. Everybody's happy. Uh, you know, that's not reality of sports. But I felt like that is what we kind of got used to. Well, you know, since 2016, the Hawks haven't seen the playoffs. They haven't seen a playoff win since 2016 when they faced St. Louis uh, in the first round. So, look, we're craving it, but we also know what it takes to have a championship team. So, to me, I try to look at it more big picture. And I... The way I look at it right now, if you said to me, is this a playoff team? Man, if everything falls into place, maybe. Like, if goaltending stays as hot as it's been. If the power play improves a little bit. If they keep getting production from a rookie like Dominic Kubalik. If Doc can indeed be the center on Patrick Kane's line. A lot of ifs. If they're healthy, when they weren't healthy a few weeks ago, this team took a few steps back as well. So they're not a deep team right now, but we're seeing some pieces. It's been a really pleasant surprise to see what Kubalik has done, how Doc has performed now as a 19-year-old, how Boquist. I mean, these guys, they're... Their NHL path was accelerated this year. Yeah, how about that? I mean, Doc could be in Saskatoon right now. Absolutely. And yet, the other, you know, the other night he's at the at the doorstep there, and I think I don't know if it was Adam or Steve said it. You know, when he learns to give himself a little bit more space, that he he'll be able to put the puck on that himself. But he he gets in so tight now, it's almost impossible for him to do anything. But. I mean, you, you love the, the, the attitude. You love the, I mean, against, uh, he's going against guys 6 7 or whatever the other night, and he goes right through him, right? I mean, he, the tenacity of that kid is unbelievable. He's put on some highlight reel moves this week. Uh, he put them on um, against Minnesota on Tuesday and again uh, against Boston. But as we were saying on the post game show on NBC Sports Chicago, it, you make some great moves, and I know he's used to watching the Connor McDavid's and the, the highlight reels and things like that. But he made one too many stick handling moves, yeah. and he got so deep in on the goaltender that he couldn't get the shot off. So there comes a time where you're not thinking about the video game; you're thinking about just production. So it's a learning process for him. This is a huge step from the WHL to play with the best uh, on the planet in the National Hockey League, and then do it. On a nightly basis, 
by far the most the most volume of games he's had to play, and he's playing against men, and he's eighteen now, just turned nineteen. Just turned nineteen, yeah. And so, but I mean, you love the maturity. Um, and when he gets a little bit, uh, his body gets more mature as well. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, develops in the next year or two. So, if they uh, end up being sellers at the trade deadline, the names that we could see leaving the Blackhawks: Eric Gustafson, sure, final year of his deal. Last year, one of eight defensemen to have 60 points. Now, he could see, if, if Boquist doesn't go tomorrow night, you could see him back. And, and we saw how, I thought, how productive the power play was when Boquist exited the other night with his injury, how Gustafson changed that around. So we could see him in that role. We talked about Corey Crawford. Uh, I, I think Stan may get a phone call on a Brandon Sod as well, but I think they would be more reluctant to move uh, Brandon Saad, besides Patrick Kane, has probably been the most consistent forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, as much as Taves has quietly put together a very nice season here, um, you know, after obviously struggling the last couple seasons, you, if you need Saad healthy and you need him producing like he did a few seasons ago and, and you know, the idea of reacquiring him because you're missing that guy, you got to get him up and running and, and more consistently producing and being on the score sheet each night. He's Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. This is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios. Coming up next, the Blackhawks president and CEO, John McDonough, joins the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios on State Street. It's the maiden voyage of this show. Took a while for uh, the Chicago Blackhawks to get their, their own weekly radio show. They finally got it. And it's right here every Saturday, 9 a.m. on ESPN 1000. And it is our pleasure to go out now to the Corona Hotline and welcome in the president and CEO of the Chicago Blackhawks, John McDonough. Good morning, John. Thanks for doing this. You're welcome, Pat. Brian, good morning. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing fine. Congratulations on uh, on the show. It's exciting to, to have the show on the air. And your team giving us plenty to talk about. Uh, every night is a, a, is a different adventure, and we're talking about, you know, it's great to be in the playoff conversation, but... Boy, the margin of error is so razor thin right now. You you probably have to take Dramamine every night before the game. <laughs> well, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde season, but you know, going forward, I think it's it's pretty important that uh, you know we have to know who we are. We know have to know where we're going. I think we have to do our best to get back to great, but we have to do it in the right way, and there has to be a process to it. So. We're in a bit of a transition right now. Where we are right now is not unexpected. So give us your assessment. There's a, there's been a lot of young guys that have been asked to step up this year. A, a Dominic Kubalik, a, a Kirby Doc, um, Adam Boquist. Your thoughts on what you've seen so far from this team to get themselves in position here to make a run? Well, I think you're, you're, you're seeing a little bit of the changing of the guard. You're, you're starting to see the... 
integration of these younger players. You know, Kirby Doc, although he's not lighting up the score sheet, is having a very good, uh, very, very good rookie season. Dominique Kubalik leads all rookies in the NHL uh, in goals. Uh, Adam Boquist has certainly uh, played very well through the through the uh, last 15, 20 games that he's been up here. So, you know, it's it is a bit of a transition. Um, you know, we wanted we want to do everything we possibly can to restore that championship feeling that we've had. So, you know, we look at this. I'm proud of the job that Jeremy has done. He's unwavering. He's unflinching. We got off to a very rocky start last year, but I'm pleased with the job that he's done. John, uh, it sounds like you you are looking at this with a critical eye, but it, having not been to the postseason the last couple of years, is there a premium placed on just getting into the postseason? The fans obviously would love to see playoff hockey at the United Center, but as you, you kind of alluded to, you're, you're multitasking. I mean, there's a big picture processor question here as well. Um, how honest do you have to be as a front office to figure out, okay, are we good enough maybe to win a series or two, or we're not good enough to even do that, so let's let's really go big picture. How, how do you you know kind of separate church and state between playoffs and, and uh, big picture uh, questions? Well, well, Brian, you never want to be in surrender mode, but I think you have to take an honest, objective look as to where you think you might be. Right now, I think we're we're 12th in the conference. Ranking in the league is 23rd. That's that's not good enough. You know, we have uh, between now and the trading deadline, we have eight games. Uh, we have six of those on the road. So we're going to know a lot more in the next two and a half weeks. But I think, getting back to what I said initially, it's you really have to know who you are. There is a cycle of success that every team that has won championships goes through Detroit LA now even though San Jose has not won any cups they've been a dominant team for the last decade so it's not unexpected some of the circumstances were out of our control but uh, we just have to be realistic but every we're going to try to do everything we can to make the playoffs Blackhawks president and CEO John McDonough joins us on the hockey show on ESPN 1000 John how much conversation do you have with Stan leading up to the trade deadline? Every day. I mean, we, we, we talk every day. You know, Stan has certainly got his eye on this roster, but he also has an eye on the future. Um, we've had a lot of internal discussions, and we have to, you know, any decision that we would make on um, any player movement or any transaction whatsoever so much of it is going to be predicated on what you potentially could get in return. It has to it has to fit. If in fact we do anything at all, but if we do, it has to fit. It has to have a big picture feel, and we need to start to ascend. We need we understand that there's going to be a process in place. Uh, I can't say that there was a foreshadowing or we envisioned any of this, but. It's the process that we have to go through. So Stan and I talk on a regular basis. Um, I'm proud of the job that he's done. If you don't have clarity here in two and a half weeks, and and, and you're basically sitting in the same spot, 10th, 12th, a point or two away from, from a playoff berth, then how much more difficult do those conversations become? Well, I think it'll crystallize, Brian, probably before the 
trade deadline date of the 24th of February, you're probably going to know in the next week or so. And it's a bit of a juggling act because we have an obligation to the fans, to the city, to try to make the playoffs get in there. And, you know, people always want to refer to the St. Louis You just can't. Realistically, also, there's probably two or 300 examples of teams that have And uh, they have not won. But we have to be realistic. I think getting in is important. It's important for our fans. We never want to take our eye off what is important. We've said this before. Winning is paramount in our place. But we have to get back to great, and we have to do it the right way. Well, you certainly have had it between the pipes this year. Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford, we thought going into the season would be, you know, arguably the best goalie tandem in the NHL. It has certainly played out that way. I think they've probably actually exceeded uh, expectations, if that is even possible. Uh, But with the trade deadline looming, uh, you could see teams calling uh, for both of those guys, or at least one of them, because they're both unrestricted free agents. Do you look at yourself... uh, in an advantageous spot, having uh, two goalies who could potentially carry a team a couple rounds into the playoffs? Or do you look at that as like, wow, we've we got a really tough decision possibly to make on our hands? Uh, yet to be determined, Pat. Uh, I think you're right. I think we have two goalies that could carry a team deep into the playoffs. Uh, Robin has probably exceeded expectations, but he had a great year last year. And Corey Crawford is a primary reason that this franchise won two Stanley Cups. So as great as he's been, especially recently, he's not a surprise. But I think this is all going to play itself out in due time. Um, But we're very, very happy. I think that the the move that Stan made to pick up Robin was, uh, was a pivotal one. It was not a strength for us the last few years, especially with Corey Crawford missing a good portion of the last two seasons. So he's been, Robin has been terrific. Corey has been great. Um, there have been some games where it's tough when you're, when you're down 2 to nothing or 3 to nothing with 10 minutes left in the first period. It's hard to recover from that. But it's really come together within the last few weeks, and I give Jeremy and his staff a lot of the credit for that. I know you like to look down the road usually, uh, but I want to have you look in the rearview mirror just a little bit here. What did it mean to you and to the franchise to have the Blackhawks named the franchise of the decade? It was a great recognition, uh, Pat. It was a, it was a, it was a great recognition. Um, but saying that, I think we also are looking towards how can we be the. How, how can we be the team of the decade in the 2020s? That's what's most important. I think we're not going to get sentimental or nostalgic. At some point, we're going to have an opportunity for all of us to someday reflect back on all of this. It's, you, know, you know, it's a nice tribute. And individual designation for Dunk and for Patrick Kane and for Johnny and some of the others. But I think we have to take a look going forward and then you know, we'll, we'll reflect back. But, you know, the fact that, you know, we've had 525 sellouts in a row, which I believe is the longest consecutive sellout streak in the history of the National Hockey League and the largest building uh, with the United Center. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're proud of that. But we know there's a challenge ahead. We are the Chicago We need to go above and beyond the market 
just based on we know where we came from. Brian, probably nobody knows that better than you. <laughs> we used to be able to count the crowds from the press box, John. It wouldn't take that long. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, if it back, hey, Brian, if it gets back to that, I guarantee we're not going to be having this call again. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. John, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We look forward to this upcoming road trip and the, uh, and the Hawks staying in this uh, playoff discussion. Great, guys. Nice to talk to you, and congratulations on the show. Thanks, Thank John. You. I appreciate it. President and CEO of the Chicago Blackhawks joining us on the Corona Hotline, John McDonough. Coming up, more on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening, listening. to the Hockey show. show. Blackhawks fans, you have a new home to talk hockey. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. obligation to the fans, to the city, to try to make the playoffs get in there. And getting in is important. It's important for our fans. We never want to take our eye off what is important. We've said this before, winning is paramount. But we have to get back to great, and we have to do it the right way. That's the president of the Chicago Blackhawks, John McDonough. On the maiden voyage of the hockey show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley, I am Pat Boyle. So from our conversation, Brian, with, with John, it sounds to me they're looking more big picture yeah. at this situation and not just the, the short term of trying to punch their ticket to the dance. Well, you just heard him say you know, we're 12th in the conference, we're 23rd in the league. And if the league actually took what Patrick Kane said over the All-Star break and went to a, a true seeding one through 16, you know, they wouldn't be anywhere near the playoff conversation. He's being, John's being very realistic about where they are. And he, his mantra is bring me greatness every day. And, and that's every facet of the organization. So you love as a fan to hear great is what we're going for. We're not just, but he also said it'd be great to be in the playoffs. I mean, that, that it's, it's hard to be an executive and remove the fandom from from the conversations and and look at it with a critical eye and say you know we're just not good enough we're we're, get, we're getting there but we know we're getting there we're going to follow a plan you saw it on the north side of town with theo epstein you're seeing it with uh, rick Hahn. and when the time is right you may, you start swinging and making the big moves because you think you have a real legitimate opportunity to win a championship or two or three so um it it it, it is interesting and it, it unfortunately look it's going to be a great couple of weeks here. And John said maybe within the week you're going to right. know. You're going to have clarity to the point of knowing what this team's all about. And then we'll see how the front office uh, uh, reacts to the, the next four or five games. But um, it's good to hear him say that they know they're going striving for greatness. Right now they're not that. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the narrative of just get in the Stanley Cup playoffs and you can win uh, a championship – I understand it's it's happened a couple of times, but that's more of a fallacy than anything else. It, it, it you know, we we saw St. Louis turn it around from January first to the end, but they didn't get in as the eight seed, right? You know what I mean? They climbed their way up to the top. So uh, I, I like to hear from my standpoint that they are looking big picture because it is about winning championships. The Hawks have set a standard, not just. 
to make the playoffs and take their team on a, hey, on a joyride. For 28 years, that was the, the, the only goal of the front office with under Bob Pulford and you know, uh, the late Bill Wirtz, it was just no matter how good we are or bad we are, just keep getting into the playoffs. We need at least one playoff round. And for 28 seasons, you were spinning your wheels, and you were always a playoff team, but there were no Stanley Cups, there were no parades, there were no celebrations. And you got to be honest with yourself when you're watching these games. You know, are they winning 2-1 to one because Crawford or Leonard stood on their head? Uh, you know, is that a sustainable formula for a deep run, the, the answer would be no. No, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and we were just talking about uh, you know when you get in these playoffs and rivalries and and the playoff format and how good or bad is it? it, it because the, the league wants the geographic rivalries, the division rivalries, and we were just talking about what was the best rivalry in the last ten years or so. I mean. Hawks. Vancouver, Canucks. yeah, right. The Sedin twins, who were almost—I remember—I remember being in Buffalo when Bob Murray, who was recently voted by agents the most cantankerous of GMs to deal with, and so <laughs> it's good to know that Murph hasn't changed his stripes at all. Because I used to call him when I was covering the beat, and he'd be on the treadmill huffing and puffing. What the bleep do you want? Is how he answered the phone. Uh, but when you, when you look at, it, he was trying to to get. The Sedin twins, both of them. He was trying to maneuver a trade to draft both those guys, and it could have been a whole lot different had they been skating on the west side of Chicago. But that rivalry, I mean, Dave Bolin saying to to one of the twins, "I oh, don't, you know, your brother's ugly." I right. mean, just I right. mean, how great was that? And it was it, that was so much fun to watch and be a part of. Roberto Luongo crying after yeah. games. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, that was the height of of the uh, the last decade when things. And I, I always look at Detroit as the rival, and that was more of a geographic sure. rival. And I certainly wish the Hawks and the Wings were still, you know, in the same conference. I really wish the Hawks were in the Eastern Conference. For personal reasons, <laughs> I would get to bed much earlier. I wouldn't be uh, uh, coming on at midnight on a Wednesday yeah. after a game in Calgary. Yeah, let's uh, put that in the Gary Bettman uh uh, idea box. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll work on that. But the the NHL, I, I do not like the format of of trying to force uh, division foes to play each other in the first or second round because they they think that that's going to create the rivalry. No, you know what actually creates a rivalry when it comes naturally. And yeah. if two teams meet each other in consecutive seasons like the Hawks and Canucks did, and there are battles. And oh, by the way, the deeper you face a team, and the more that's on the line. Teams seems to ratchet it up a little bit more, not just this fake let's meet in the first round thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, the, 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 there's still no better than first round playoff hockey in the NHL. And those rivalries do kind of organically grow. Um, but yeah, when you're trying to manufacture that stuff, usually it doesn't turn out too well. So the trade deadline, February 24th, upcoming road trip starts in Winnipeg tomorrow, five straight against teams. They played Winnipeg twice, which which is odd. I, 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 never have I seen you double back to the same city on a road trip. Right, and for everyone involved, and I, you know, I know Edzo's listening, but he spent some quality time in, in Winnipeg, the home of uh, hometown of Jonathan Taves. No one wants to go there twice. So when you one week, when you were on the beat, if I gave you Winnipeg, Edmonton, or Calgary. Your least desired city to hang out in oh. uh, when you were covering this. It, Winnipeg, back back then when the Hawks flew uh, commercial, there were two nonstops, if I remember right, out of Winnipeg. One at like 6 in the morning, one at 5 at night. The officials, the team, the, the media members, we were all at the airport at 4.30 getting on that 6 a.m. flight. You weren't, you weren't going to spend a day in Winnipeg. And I, I told this to, to Carmen Yurko yesterday. 
they actually, I don't know if they still do it, they allowed the fans, it was so cold in Winnipeg, how cold was it? They allowed <laughs> the fans to go out between the second and third periods and start their cars to make sure that they could warm up the car. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, cold, gray, flat. One of, I, I can't remember which Russian player said, uh, we were standing at the airport waiting for the bus and just looking at snow that's been on the ground for six months and he said, like, mother country. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. So everything's underground. You just went to the hotel. The shopping centers are underground. It's like no one's on the street for eight months of the year. And there's a picture in the airport of this beautiful beach. And I'm like, what day was that taken? What day is summer here? And my old buddy Al Solomon, who uh, was a sports writer and then he became a travel writer at the Tribune, he went to Winnipeg during the summer and and wrote a, a travel piece and said the mosquitoes like the size of small planes. So even in the summer, whatever two days that is, that wasn't any any joy. But, you know, Winnipeg also uh, in that same agents poll was, was voted the city most likely to have players on, on their no trade cl- uh, list. That was like right there up you there. Go, right, yeah. exactly. So it's universal. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, we'll have a lot to discuss next Saturday on the hockey show. Well, I, I'm going to say the Hawks on this five game road trip, uh, they need to they need to go four and one. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's, that, that's there you go. It's aggressive. There, there's Pat. There, just, you know, no pressure here. Yeah, no, no pressure at all. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it, they definitely have their work Two cut back out to for backs them. out of four and five. Hey, so, let's bring it. If yeah. you want to make this thing a legit run at the playoffs, you can't take and, and you got to win these games in regulation. Yeah, none, none of this. We got a point and we move on, or you know, we got two, but the other team got one. Our thanks to our producer extraordinaire Eric Ostrowski. Thank you to John McDonough from the Blackhawks for joining us. And uh, Brian, one show's in the books. Yeah, and thanks to you, the fans, for tuning in. We'll be back nine a.m. next Saturday, uh, taking your calls and your thoughts. And will we have clarity of uh, your favorite? Uh hockey team in town and you you've got what do you got coming up with freddie hubner oh we got everything we you know we got nolan arenado coming to the white Sox. maybe who knows we've got paul sullivan uh, from the chicago tribune talking baseball both sides of town we got aj hinch uh you know owning uh, the scandal down in houston with this uh the sign stealing we've got uh, a lot of time to take your phone calls too so we're looking forward to it all right that's coming up next that's going to do it for the hockey show on espn 1000 we'll see you next saturday